Hey, welcome in, everybody. It's time for another one of these things. It's Sunday morning as we record. It's episode number 487 of Three Guys Before the Game. Title, Lightning Strikes Dukes. What do you think? All right, title. Well, yeah, well, you okay. had to work in lightning. There's no question. So. It had to, right? Absolutely. Had to. To my knowledge, third time. I'd seen one thing that said second time a game's ever been delayed at Mountaineer Field. Three. Um, we had, obviously, the Marshall season opener. The one that people don't remember. 2011. Yeah, the one people don't remember is 19 and 91, Virginia Tech. You and I remember it. I do. I was working television on the 91 Virginia Tech game and was doing an interview on the sideline. I was a sideline boy. Sideline boy. And there was a lightning strike that went off like way in the distance, and I felt it in my microphone. <laughs> I went, nah, what? probably done enough of this. Wasn't properly grounded, yeah. obviously. And then obviously the Marshall one was longer than last night's. Last night's officially clocking in like one hour and 50-some minutes, nearly two hours. 153 is the official. 153 is the official delay. West Virginia gets the victory. We've got a lot to talk about. Thanks so much for being with us. Three Guys Before the Game is brought to us by the Burdette Camping Center. Right now, they've got that liquidation sale going on. I'll tell you about that coming up in just a little bit. They happen to be the only warranty forever RV dealer in all of West Virginia. Visit them at BurdetteCamping.com. BurdetteCamping.com. They also have the promotion for the efforting t-shirts. Mm. show you a couple of those photos later on. Three guys brought to us by Comax Business Systems, keeping West Virginia's business data safe, secure, and efficient for 25 years. Comax Business Systems, they got it all. Three guys brought to us by GoMart. Go for good times, go for GoMart. Unconfirmed, but I think every person that attended last night's game looked at the parking lots. Quick check. I think everyone there had gotten fuel from GoMart on their way into the stadium. Actually, there was a check, Tony, and at about 11 o'clock last night, there was more people at the Flatwoods GoMart <laughs> than there were at Milan Pushkar Stadium. Yeah, thinned out a bit. Three guys brought to us by Lou Wendell Marine Sales in St. Albans. They happen to sell family fun. Visit LouWendellMarineSales.com, the premier pontoon boat dealer in the state of West Virginia. And three guys also brought to us statistically by the Conley CPA Group, providing value beyond the numbers. All right. As they say, let's do this thing. We jump in as West Virginia evens its record to one and one on the campaign. The Mountaineers win it by a final number of 56 to 17, 56 to 17, a game that will be remembered on a couple of fronts. Obviously, the weather, you know, will always remember the, the delay because of the, but okay. It was really as Charles Dickens, as Charles Dickens once wrote, it was a tale of a quarter and a half. Isn't that what he said? <laughs> Is that what he said? It was the best of times. It was yeah. the worst of times. It was a tale of a quarter and a half. So we get to the eight-minute mark in the second quarter, and to be quite honest with you, the f- score was 14 to 10, and I think collectively Mountaineer Nation was not feeling well, not feeling well at all on a couple of different fronts. It was a lot of, what in the heck is going on here? And then after the delay, 
light bulb turns on and West Virginia just dominates the rest of the game to get to where we are. Uh, as I said, we're doing this Sunday morning. We have not talked. We have not conversated about the game yet. So let me turn it over to the gentleman wearing a gray three guys piece of apparel. Well, wait a second. Oh, there's two guys with and two you got the, you got the quarter zip, and now you're going with a standard three guys. That's very nice. Where do you get that, Brad? Uh, Episode800.com. Thanks for asking. You can buy them from right there. Yeah, this was one of the ones actually we gave out at our our uh, second event, I believe. Yeah. Second live event was one live of the very gifts. good, very nice. Okay, Hop, give me your take, man. I'm interested. As we all know, God is a Mountaineer fan, <laughs> and the good Lord looked down in the first quarter and a half. Saw missed assignments defensively, saw an offensive line that was not controlling the defensive line as they probably should have, saw drop passes, saw drop touchdown passes, saw the angst that was building in Neil Brown, and he threw down a lightning bolt. Thank goodness that he did, because that lightning bolt stopped the game, uh, let West Virginia regroup and came out with a much, much more fine-tuned performance after that. Because West Virginia, uh, Duquesne was within a penalty, Tony, that screening penalty of tying the game at that point. Yeah, offensive pass interference. Off, yeah. yeah. So it was not I, – I, clearly Mountaineer Nation was frustrated at that point. But uh, it, as you said, it, it, was, it came out, credit Mountaineer coaches and players for coming out and being much more effective after the long delay and taking care of business. El Senatore. Use this analogy last night on our game day broadcast. You know how if you're a cable subscriber, huh? occasionally like you'll turn your TV on and there's no sound. You see the picture, but there's no sound. Yeah, it's happened. Right, it makes you crazy. Crazy. Just makes you, what's, what is going on? Why don't I have any sound? So you call the very helpful cable services. You wait on hold sometimes for four or five hours. <laughs> they answer the call and then like all good IT people do, all due respect to the IT field, as all good IT people do, the first thing they say is what? Unplug and plug back unplug in. Plug that and plug that back in. See if that works. Okay, th <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you. A lot of times it does work to their credit. Yeah, That's no. what happened to the Mountaineers, Hoppy. Just unplugged them, plugging them back in. Everything worked totally fine. It was great. Also, I know you were all doom and gloom over there, but it was really nice of the football. I don't know if that's the NCAA or the College Football Playoff Committee. It was great that last night they actually gave teams 60 minutes to play. You, you didn't give all your grades and your evaluations after a quarter. That was really nice. <laughs> Something new went ahead and gave you 60 minutes, so you had a full game to make your evaluations there rather than just one quarter. Are you? Yeah, I was a little bit gloomy and doomy. Well, you weren't alone. I mean, I can understand it. I mean, I can I can get the feel when it was happening until the light bulb turned on or until you replugged and started the thing over again, there were concerns. There were concerns. Well, and then it and then it was just it was on. That thing ends in it, to use a Kerchival from his coffee clutch, a macro term versus micro. That that's exactly where you needed to be. You put up fifty six, you covered the spread, you rolled, you threw the ball deep, you ran the ball super effectively, and oh lo and behold, we kept talking. You need a guy. Who are the receivers going to be behind Devin Carter? Who is going to step up and be a player? Well, Hudson Clement stepped up. Former Metro News Player of the Year was a stud. Yes. So here's my takeaway of the game. Okay. Next step. Now you're one and one. I've said from the beginning, you got to win three in a row here in this homestand. Now we'll find out on Saturday night exactly where they are because – We've seen both extremes now. 
But this is what I took away from last night. In the first two games, there are players who have identified themselves who need to play more. And there are players who have identified themselves that they can't play anymore. I'm not, and I'm not trying to be funny. Well, Neil Brown said that after the game. That was literally yes, his exact yes, quote yes. after the game. There's some guys. There's some guys now where you just say, "I'm sorry, you're done. Keep working really hard, and you can become a backup because I can't trust you." And that's the way that it has to be. You don't get more chances because now more chances will prove to be fatal for you as far as the wins and the losses go. And that's just plain and simple. You're given your chance, you can't, you're not, you sit and let the other ones come up and let them go. I don't care. There has to be ramifications for not fulfilling your assignment. That's what it is. Now, I'm not to say everyone has to be perfect, but there are certain things that are basically and fundamental to the game, and you cannot do those. I cannot trust you. Go away. You know, and Tony, there's... There's a little bit of a middle ground on that because Preston Fox, the normally always dependable Preston Fox, made two mistakes. Dropped a pass, dropped that touchdown pass. Sure. And also on the punt reception, he's supposed to be pointing. Yeah, on yeah, a yeah. short punt, he's supposed to be pointing. Get out of the way. But, but he took the, according to Neil Brown after the game, he took the criticism well, came out and played well after that. So, I, got, I got zero issues with Preston that one, Fox. That I one's also just Fox. incredibly bad luck. I mean, what that, you know, an oblong ball bouncing in a weird direction happens to hit Jacoby Spells. That was just, that was bizarre, which was a little bit unfortunate on the turnovers because West Virginia finally got those interceptions we had talked about, right? They were around him in the Penn State game. Beanie Bishop with an unbelievable oh catch. Willie Mays did. A tremendous first interception. I don't know how he caught it. But then two of the most, one of the most bizarre turnovers you're going to see just bounces back and hits Jacoby Spells. And the other one is what is one of the, quite frankly, dumbest rules in all of football. Excuse me? On the Rodney Gallagher, what a great effort to dive in there. He's inches or an inch from a touchdown and hitting the pylon. Instead, the ball comes out, it's a fumble into the end zone, and it turns into a turnover on you. You talk about an overly punitive penalty call. I mean, that's the rule, so it is what it is. But what a stupid rule that is. So West Virginia comes out flush on turnovers, but really should have been ahead on that. That was bad breaks. But, you know, and and you're right. I mean, Gallagher's trying to make a play, but Brown said after the game that they coach them, unless it's fourth down, to not do that. Correct. Yeah, correct. Correct. Uh, you know what I do? You know they do, and, and Neil's right, and they do. But th- this is one of those things. I think sometimes we criticize guys and say, oh, why, why are you doing Guy's trying to make a play. Yeah, he's on the field yes, to make a play. His entire life, he has made great athletic plays. He's trying to make a play. He wants to earn more playing time. He's trying to get in the end zone. It's a stupid rule. Yeah, it's, it's an error. <laughs> it's of, a stupid rule. It's an error of commission because he's trying to do something, not an error of omission where he didn't do something. Yeah. Um. And I know Neil talked about Preston Fox post game with that thing with not pointing. Okay, fine. I think he's got a little something punt return. Oh, I think that'd be he, nice. I, I Let think, me average eleven yards. Yeah, I think I think he got a little something punt return that you can get some positive yardage, which we have not had. And let me think forever. <laughs> I mean, it's been like I think forever since he's been, been able to get some yardage on punt. Not since uh, Willie Drury. <laughs> That'd be 84 season. Speaking of Pitt, he had a punt return for a touchdown. Yeah, he did. 84 game against Pitt. We'll talk more about that coming up. So let's talk about Hudson Clement. I love these stories. Um, here he comes from Martinsburg High School as a walk-on. 
scored like 206 touchdowns in the state championship game. And you may shrug your shoulders and go, well, okay, state championship game. But when I talked to people about him, they told me, this is well before this happened, they said, like, he's just a football player. Like, he just, like, he just plays football. He just makes football plays. And he goes out there and has that awesome honor of your first reception as a college player being a touchdown. And he ends up five for 177. And to put that into perspective, he joins Tavon Austin and Stedman Bailey as the only Mountaineers to get 175 receiving yards and catch three touchdowns in one game. Deceptively fast. And I think, to my knowledge, first Mountaineer receiver in school history, and this goes back to 131 years, to play with diamond earrings. And I mean, they're not studs. I mean, he got, he got some ice in his ears. Senator, did you notice that? I did. Yeah. He's got, he's got icy ears. And I think that, that could be a little bit of his – maybe it's the gleam uh, as, he, as he breaks down on a defensive back coming out of that helmet. But whatever, the dude can ball, and this is a fun story. Two, a uh, couple things about him, and that is that that it was impressive, Brad, on the long touchdown catch. He caught the ball, great pass by, it was actually a little bit um, late on um, uh, by Green, and ran away from the defender. Defender could not catch him. I thought that was impressive. Second of all, you know that that uh, the coaching staff is looking for other guys at the receiver position. So when that game was over, they barely got in the locker room, and they're up to uh, come in saying, you got a scholarship. Yeah. You're in. Don't worry. They, I'd asked them about that in preseason, and they said he's going to get one. He's going to get one. They just said last night. They just went, well, "Why? Why wait?" Battlefield promotion said. Um, yeah, that's said true. Coach Brown. That's so true. I called his state championship game when he had eight touchdowns in the game up there in Wheeling for television. It, it was as good a performance as you would expect for a guy that had eight touchdowns on the stat line. He was clearly the best player on the field. And I don't know that you need to say he's deceptively fast. I think he's just fast. Yeah. And Neil pointed that out afterwards. And I think that was the key line in everything he said, because that's what's going to allow him to play when you get into big 12 competition. That's what you need. It can't just be the good hands are great. Make catches you have to do, but you've got to get some separation at times. So I think the fact he's, he's got some decent size and he's got that speed. That's where you look at him and go, okay, now that needs to translate into big 12 play. Yeah. Cause this team desperately, desperately needs a number two receiver. We've been saying it for months. There are balls to be had out there in the passing game beyond Devin Carter. Who is that going to be? Hudson, at least for one night, showed he was that guy. Can he pick that up and move it forward? And, you know, and, and to your point, he is a football player and showed it last night. That was a tremendous effort. And interestingly, guys, is that the injury to Devin Carter kind of kind of forced uh, Clement into that position. Like he was the go-to guy, he might not have been if Carter was there. So it allowed him to emerge yep. as a as a receiver. Here's here's a couple things. I say deceptively fast because he doesn't have that body build that long. You, know, you normally when you say you look at a Tavon Austin body, you look at a little speed guy that goes. But he, I mean, when he beats people, it's not by a step or two. I mean, he he, he yeah. trucks by him. Here's another thought on this. I think as the season goes, okay. You, you may not have played your two best receivers last night. Your Carter. two best receivers may be Carter and Traylon Ray. And I'm saying as he develops in its October and November, that dude might be the dude. And he sat down last night. So now you're starting to build something here where you potentially have Carter, Clement, and Ray. And you know what you got now? Now you got some business. 
But he hasn't played yet. Right. Yeah, I mean, he so- played last week. And the, based upon the coach's comments, they think he's a dude. They okay. think he is a dude. Now, I got a little bit of a thing right now that sat him down last night, but he should be ready to go this week. You might have some dudes there. And if you you know this, Brad, if you get three guys that you – what do we always say? Who do you know going down the field? Going to ca- Can we catch the ball? If you've got three guys – that you can trust, you got a chance. Well, Hudson was was not just the big play, but he also there's a big first down on the right hand side of the field, far side from the press box, and they needed a first down, third down, yes. went to went to Hudson with the catch. Here's the other part of that: don't dismiss how well Garrett Green threw the deep ball last night. Oh yeah, that's the second part of that. I mean, he was absolutely money, and not all of them were caught either. Right. So he Garrett Green threw it extremely, extremely well. That was. That was good to see and encouraging to see, and we'd been on here screaming, or I'd been screaming about you got to find explosive plays, you got to push the ball down the field. I'll give you some yards per route run. We talked about the other show. I'll give you some of that when we get into the stats segment. Mm -hmm. That was outstanding last night. I know it's opponent adjusted. I get it, but you did exactly what you wanted to against that opponent. We're going deep. You know we're going deep. You can't stop us going deep. We're going to run by you. And And then, by the way, as a quarterback, I'm going to put it right on the money. Yeah, and he he was very – and Neil Brown said that after the game. They wanted to do that because they wanted to test that deep ball. Uh, Garrett Green threw great balls deep. And, but he, they pointed out, again, not to be the negative guy, but again, Brown pointed out that, again, he still struggles with some of those short passes. That's a good point. I was just going to say that. That's the second week in a row that if you talk to the WVU coaches, they go like, man, yeah, he's throwing the deep ball. And they're going like, we have to hit the short stuff. We have to hit the intermediate stuff. Those are what keeps things keeps going right here. Which is, a, I, I guess this. You'd rather have that be the piece that he has to fix rather than a guy that doesn't have the strength of the arm to throw and be the deep threat. You'd rather have that. You can get that other part of it fixed. Once he gets that other part of it fixed, and if you're able to do both, then you got Listen, got the way chance. this team is constructed, that's 100% right. If, if you're picking one with this team that can run, picking up 300 yards on the ground last night, you need that deep ball to work to back that defense up and allow space. If this offense can create space for itself, then never mind the intermediate passing game, which, yeah, they're, of course, right. You'd like to make that. But also, guys aren't going to be perfect either. They're not going to make every single throw every single time. So you've got to remember that. But if this team can create some space on the field, then you've got some running lanes yeah. and you can take off. So if I'm picking one, the, the long ball, I think, is more important at this point for this offense to create those running lanes. You know, the, and on the short passes, there were a couple nice little plays, though, that they ran where now that you have a mobile quarterback where Tony Green rolls to the left or the right, maybe they fake a handoff first, rolls to the left or the right. Is he going to run? The defense has to be aware of that. Or if the defense commits, he pops it out to Cole Taylor. They had a nice, I think he ran to the left, a nice little completion, you know, picked up, you know, first down or something like that. That's a nice little play that you can only get if you have a mobile quarterback. Agreed. We haven't talked to any defense yet. Give me your takeaways on defense. Smothering in the run game. That defensive front was outstanding. Duquesne with three running yards last night, three rush yards last night, averaged 0.1 yards per rush. Is that good? 0.1 yards per rush. At a certain point, Duquesne just gave up on the run. They, I mean, I know they got behind as well, but they just could not run on the defensive front of West Virginia. So that was very good. Defensive back-wise, still a major concern early before you unplug the computer and plug mm. it back in. That There was some blown coverage. There was some huge cushions that were given inexplicably on third and 
eight and you give a 14 yard cushion there was the the defensive back play early was really concerning after the break they came back out and were were not only better but more aggressive also got more up on there and uh did a better job but that's you're, we're going to watch those defensive backs all the way through that's the the part that has to continue to grow neil brown said after the game uh he said quote to say i'm frustrated with the defensive backfield to say i'm frustrated would be an understatement got to be better so that's an acknowledgement which everybody knows is that defensive backfield is a real issue and um, I, I don't know what you do. I mean, you're playing the guys you got, so I, I don't know what the answer is there. I, I'm not sure if they know. Yeah, That is a huge concern. Coming up this week, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Our friends at the Burdett Camping Center are having their semi-annual liquidation sale. Now, what does that mean, you might ask? That means all the 2022s, all the 2023s. I said all. I mean all. All the 2022s and all the 2023s are being liquidated. Go to BurdettCamping.com. You'll get all the details there, all the deals, all the discounts. That is BurdettCamping.com. Tell them three guys before the game sent you at Burdett Camping. Three yeah, guys. It, it, I'm sorry, Tony. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Three guys. Three guys also. This is an un, unrehearsed program. Three guys before the game is also brought to us by Comax Business Systems, right now, digital phone systems are available to you. They're competitively priced. So if it's time, we got a new phone system this week, huh? Yeah. Yeah, we got a new one. Uh, good to see you. So we're no longer doing the Andy Griffith model uh, where you call the pole and ask the <laughs> operator to connect. Ask Sarah, Beth, Sarah can you connect me to Brad? Uh, yeah, Comax has digital phone systems competitively priced. The most efficient technology available, they'll come in, give you a free price quote. From one digital line to a 1,000 digital lines, they can do it. Whether you want to purchase it, lease it, rent it, whatever you want, all options are available. ComaxWV.com. You were going to say, sir. Well, I'm just going to say just a, a random observation. And, and Brad, I'm sure, has the stats and to either verify it or say it's a crazy comment. But I thought that, uh, that Sean Martin and Lockhart showed you a couple things. I thought they made some plays. Yeah, yeah, very nice, encouraging encouraging but i mean lockhart made was it lockhart that made the tackle chase the guy down he was on the pass rush then was the first guy to get there on the ball that almost i don't know if they ended up scoring or not but it got down to the goal line so lockhart went like a 25 yard chase the guy down after he was pass rushing yeah Yeah. you know what's encouraging about that when he first got here um conditioning wise physically there was a lot of work to do Mm -hmm. and he has done the work and mike joseph and his gang should be heavily credited with that because um, they've made him in the soccer terminology. You know what they'd say, Brad? He's very fit at this point. He's very they they call it fit in soccer. They look at you say he's very hoppy. Is very fit. I mean, that's the second game in a row that he's made tackles downfield, and that's a big dude at the nose guard spot. So that's encouraging. Sean Martin also um, has the opportunity just to just be a dominant any physical player. But again, let's face it. Okay, that is. A rebuilt offensive line from Duquesne. It is a different division of play. Saturday and going forward, we'll see week in and week out. But at least it's encouraging at this point. Yeah, but it's two straight games where I thought the defensive front's been pretty good. Mm-hmm. You hold that Penn State rushing game with those yes. guys that it has to what you did. And then, yeah, you're right. You came out. But but here's, you know what? That's who they were playing last night. They weren't playing Pitt or Penn State or anybody else. They were playing the guys in front of them. And they lined up and said, yeah, we're, we're better, bigger, and stronger than you. We're going to push you around. And I thought the defensive front got a tremendous push up there and did a, did a nice job. Yeah. I apologize to you. What? I apologize to Brad. That's rare. Well, this won't be legit. 
What do you so, mean? It's so rare, it won't be a legit apology. He's baiting you. He's no. baiting you. No, that's a 100% sincere apology. I know that time and numbers become better with time. And here we Larger are. sample size. Yeah, so here we are less than 12 hours after the game, and I'm going to ask you for grading. So that's like super hard to do because we've got an independent people that have to grade the tape for pro football focus. And so, and so do they change at all? Like yeah. they, they do, they'll, yeah. they'll so update the, so, during the week. Yeah. And, and quite frankly, it's as hard as this for me. It's harder for pro football focus because they're the ones doing the work. <laughs> I'm just reading their work. <laughs> but yeah, so they, so they did, I credit them to be this quick after the game. And it's been up for a few hours. I was looking at it all morning. They did a great job of getting it up, but yeah, they'll tweak and move some numbers here. So whenever you hear me on these review podcasts, quote, actual grade numbers, just know you may hear a different number quoted as the week moves on. All right, let's jump into some of these numbers still to come. Textual healing. Oh, 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 there's that music. Here we go. The Spreads on Stats is brought to us by the Conley CPA Group. You know what they do? They provide complete service, public accounting, and they consult. Serving clients throughout the great state of West Virginia and surrounding states since 1985. What's their slogan, you might say? It's value beyond the numbers. This is so much more than a numbers game. You know those rules, Hop. You talk about those on your political coffee clutch. Yeah. You know, there's 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 rules, but then there's way, okay, how do you best approach this new law from a taxation standpoint? They take a client-specific approach, understanding what the client needs and the challenges that they face. So whether you need audit and assurance, tax planning preparation, consulting and advisory, they got it all. You can also outsource your accounting and CFO services. It's the Conley CPA Group. All right, let's do this thing. What did the grades say so far? Early precincts reporting here. Okay, excuse me. Let me put my glasses <laughs> what, on. This. What are you doing there? Sure. What are these? It has credibility to his numbers. Are those new glasses? No, I had them for a while. Thank you. Oh, okay. First and foremost, overall grade 89.4. Quick perusal tells me it's the fifth best grade since and including the 2014 season. And it wow. basically ties for fourth. 89.5 is just a click above that. So fourth, fifth, best overall grade. How far is it back? Back does it go? 2014 season. That's the, I mean, that's how PFF does. They go back to 2014. Yeah. Yes. Correct. Oh. Pretty good. Okay. You like that? Mm-hmm. Encouraging. So a couple things that are, that we recapped that we've talked about on previous shows that let's circle back. I've talked a lot about yards per attempt from an offensive and a quarterback perspective, what that needs to look like moving forward. That number's got to grow. How does 13.3 yards per attempt sound for uh, Garrett Green? It sounds so, better than six like or whatever winning it was. Football. Again, as I often say, sometimes these stats just back up what you saw. We knew the passing game was extremely good last night, and that showed it. Uh, some of these I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to click through as we go, so feel free to, to talk a little bit here as we move forward tony sure to buy me a I second bet. of time here well thank you. you know brad thank you very much i've been known to jump in or t- a time or two there and hoppy what about my apology to him it was sincere it was legitimate it wasn't well, jack what were you apologizing him. for because he we're forcing him to give numbers so quickly after the game that they're not it's hard to do that he would like he likes to get a very detailed long expansive look at the numbers before he comes in well, here and lays them down so it's, it's hard on him you know the last show we talked about yards per route run. Hoppy, you liked that new Love it. new oh, statistic? Yeah, yeah. We brought. He OCD'd on that one. Yeah, and we said two yards 
per route run is really good. That's a that's an elite receiver. So let's look at some of these numbers from yesterday. Do you want to take a guess on Hudson Clements oh. yard per route run? Route run, uh, which is thirty plus. Yeah, seven point seven. 7.7 yards, which again, I still don't it, understand the stat. It's elite. I still don't understand the stat. So <sighs> define it for me one. <laughs> oh, he's taking his glasses off now. He's going to say, like, okay, let me just tell me one more again. time, like I'm a third grader. Yeah. So it's just basically, it's pr- it's pretty simple. The number of pass routes you are running, not targets. Right? There's multiple yeah. pass plays in a game yeah. that the receiver is not targeted on. So okay, but they're so- out for a pass play. They are a potential receiver in a pass play. Okay. Okay. Divided by the yards receiving, yards per route run. His yards that he catches, like his one seventy-seven receiving yards. Yes. Okay. So let's per say route run. So let's say he ran forty snaps. So it's forty divided by one seventy-seven gives you seven. Correct. The number of times he ran for a route divided by one seventy-seven be something like that. Yeah. Correct. Okay, I got it now. You get it? Yeah. And so it, the reason that's a more effective metric of overall receiver performance at times is targets is one thing, receptions is a whole nother. But how many times are you out in the route where they don't throw the ball to? Were you not open? You, you get it? Yeah. You understand the importance of it now? Yeah. Yeah, I get it. Okay. And, it's, and it's, so it's only pass plays because so they may run a route if there's a run but it's only if it's a pass play yards per route run they're not running a route necessarily on a running play yeah they're not counting that all right this is turning i might have to retire yards per route run because you guys don't understand (laughs) that we're just gonna go with it it's just you brought it's a new stat i think it's a relevant stat it's just we're trying to understand the context cole taylor two and a half yards per route run okay so go back you mentioned those nfl tight ends they're they're right around that two yeah kelsey kelsey's a a click above two which again one of the greatest tight ends if not the greatest tight end you've ever seen in terms of pass catching so that gives you a comparison these aren't going to be big gaudy numbers most of the time if you're up around that two that's that's really good preston fox 2.83 CJ Cole to 3.4 last night. So again, shows that they were pushing pushing the ball down the field. So I thought that was really impressive. Wyatt Milam, the highest graded blocker coming out of last night's game. Here's one to, to keep an eye on. Running game was outstanding all night, as you saw. But how about the results to the outside run to the left, which is who's over on the left side? Wyatt Milam. Correct. 97 of your rushing yards came around the left edge. So if you're 300 and some, roughly a third of your rushing yards came around that left edge. 37% of the rushing first downs came on runs in that direction and three of your four rushing touchdowns. So Wyatt Milam was very good. And if you if you watched the game closely, you saw Nick Malone on one of those blocks, had a guy had a guy locked up about seven yards down the field. I think it was Jaheim White then turned the corner and took off for a touchdown. So the left side was very good. Speaking of Nick, you think he might want to play pretty well here Saturday? Yeah. You remember? Yeah, I do they, remember. They pulled his scholarship. They offered him, and then they pulled at Pitt. Hmm. Oh, Nick, you know, something, something, something for him. Here's another fun number that you'll you'll watch. In addition to the, the blocking was very good, especially on the left side, West Virginia had 14 missed tackles forced. 14 on the game. That's a huge number of, of West Virginia ball carriers making the defender miss. So 14 of those. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. So there's kind of some niche stats. What do you want to know? Who do you want to know overall, grade-wise? How did Garrett grade? Tremendous. Highest-graded offensive player, again, 90.5. Wow, and he was 80 last week? Yeah, 80. 91.2 in the past game. 
Again, as you would expect, he was he was tremendous throwing the football. Wyatt Milam, second highest graded offensive player at 85-6 overall. Brandon Yates checking in with a nice grade. 82-4 for Yates last night. Played a little bit of guard and center mm-hmm. yesterday, so that was good to see. He did. Jaheim White, you know, the preseason Heisman runner, leader in the Brown Mention Index. I'll say this. We kind of yucked and giggled. Ha ha. Neil's mentioned Jaheim White again. Chad's got, oh, look, you're mentioning. Oh, imagine that. Jaheim White got another mention. I kind of see why they were mentioning Jaheim White. Yes. He he was fun to watch. He because gave he you runs, a little bit. He runs nine inches away from the ground, and his legs are fire hydrants, yeah. and he's hard to get a good hit on. I like him. There was one time on the right edge where he came around where there was a seam. The blockers did a nice job, but there was a, a linebacker, defensive lineman that had a beat on him. He just, he just yeah. kind of shook him and just ran straight by him. You know what he is? He was fun to watch. You know what he is? Football player. He's just a football player. I mean, you could see there are dudes that just, it's innate, it's natural. You could just tell it's not force. He just football plays. He football plays. He's very, and I'm not saying he's there yet as a player, because I know people lose their mind when you start comparing. Hey, he's, but stature-wise, he's got some Deuce Vaughn in him. He's a little compact guy that is durable, too. His ball skills, And yeah. can run. I mean, he's got a lot. I, I like, I, I see why he led the Brown Mention Index. So Your you, backfield, here's the thing. Your backfield, as expected, Looks really good. Now, that was scary when C.J. Donaldson came out. Looked like they were looking at that shoulder again. They, he comes out, came back in, which was a good sign. Jalen Anderson, again, continues to show you stuff. You bring Justin White Johnson in. didn't even go. Well, and then you and I commented one of the last practices of fall practice. We were there, and I, I commented separate from you. We saw the, the same thing in two different practices. Mm-hmm. D.J. Oliver, man, mm-hmm. he, I, don't, I don't know that you can fit more guys in. I mean, you're going to have to run it 112 times a game if you want everybody to have carries. D.J. Oliver looked the part. I might start calling him Baby Undra. Really? Because he yeah. runs like Undra. Back, back to Green, he also has an intangible about him. I mean, his enthusiasm. I mean, you can just tell he's, he's just a gamer guy. And there was that play where he got his helmet ripped off, and he was just like, give me the helmet, get back in there. I mean, he, he has that it factor. He got a lot to him. He's got a lot to him because he's that size. He knows he has to. Oh, yeah, he yeah he's a ball. He, like we said, like the short passes and things like that, he just needs to take that one step where he consistently is consistent. When he gets that and he's starting to make those short throws, those intermediate throws, and they're popping off there, then he's got that deep ball threat. Then you, you might have an opportunity to really get something brewing here. Absolutely. With the, the running game, I got a tweet this morning from Ryan Morris tweets us i know you don't look at twitter for the show very much but ryan tweeted and said wvu <laughs> now x? is that x now i don't know wvu now has six different players with rushing touchdowns this season is this true everyone who has a rushing attempt has a rushing touchdown this season except rodney gallagher that is true yeah six different guys they've all rushed and gallagher should have yeah. save for that stupid rule so anyway so there's some who else individually do you want to know because we got a bunch um do you have any defensive grades yes Thanks for asking, Tony. Okay. Defensive grades, if you have it in your head as to who played well. Uh, I think we mentioned two of them already, Lockhart and Martin. Yeah, both decent. Lockhart up there a little bit. The the one to keep an eye on, because he showed flashes last mm-hmm. night. Not Stop. a lot. Don't say it. Not a lot of snaps. Not a lot of snaps, but you, you like, saw it. I liked Lathan a lot. Yeah, he's up there again. He was your fifth highest rated defender. All snaps included. Your third highest when you take in guys that that played more snaps. He he was good again. He was good at Penn State as well. Mm-hmm. He's coming. He's a player. Uh, the guy that that flashed a couple of times. He he ends up as your highest graded player, but again, just got 
credited with 10 snap, 10 snaps, Fatorma Mulba, mm-hmm. right? He's a guy, really nice. if he can keep coming along, that's a, that's a big piece in there. Our guy Malachi Ruffin had a nice, had a nice grade along with Beanie Bishop. So two defensive backs up there. You know, we talked about that, their performance early. So they, they played well. Bartlett McLaren in the top 10. Lee Koba, of course, up there. Yeah. So a bunch of guys playing well. Okay. Sounds good. Kickoffs were done well. Yes. Huh? Not giving them returns. Very, He's very did a good job. I mean, kicked a couple in the end zone. Yeah. Danny, and Danny the, King came in. And Danny, Danny hit a moon ball. On the in the air out of the back of the end zone, which is is nice. Six total touchbacks last night for mm-hmm. West Virginia. Yeah, that's something that West six Virginia's out been of missing. Yeah, yeah. So six out of nine. So okay, six out of nine. And boy, what was uh, Brad? I'm sure you have a stat like the last couple of years when you don't get it in the end zone, like field position, a field position stat, which has been damaging for West Virginia for a couple of years. Yeah, if I have it right, last year was an overall minus six in field position on the season. And I've said this stat before. If you're if you're minus ten. It, it, you lose like nine. It's like ninety three percent of the time, or something ridiculous. So yeah, field position obviously huge. Wasn't an issue last night. Those touchbacks helped tremendously. West Virginia was plus ten mm. in field position last night. Came away with an easy win. All right, there's our numbers. That enough numbers? Yeah, those are good. Did a nice job. Did a nice job. Solid work. Short notice. Very good. Um, this is gonna be a fun week. This is gonna be a fun week. Great week. Yeah, yeah, very much looking forward to it. You, uh, I know you guys weren't at the game, but uh, I'm sure TV didn't carry it, but they played that song over the public address system late in the game. That Sweet Caroline. Played uh, that. How'd that go? Well, I had my headsets on, but it seems as though most of our fans know the words. Change the words. Nice Pitt words. coming off a loss. Pitt coming off a loss they won't yeah. be thrilled about at home. To Cincinnati. Yeah, how about that? They uh, they gave up a lot of rushing yards to the old Bearcats. Saw that. Did they get? <laughs> saw that. Oh. So what you're saying, Brad? They struggled to run the ball against the Bearcats. Didn't throw it that well either, which is fine. Be I mean, a good matchup. As you know, when two old rivals get together, you can throw the record book out the window. That's what they say. Do you know West Virginia's never lost a home game on September 9th? Yeah. Undefeated all time. I did see that. I did see that. Causation or correlation? Uh, anecdotal. Correlation, anecdotal, completely irrelevant to what actually occurs. Unsci- but just coincidence, interesting. Unscientific. You ready to do some healing? Yep. Sir, I tell you what, before that, the lightning delay, I think uh, it was going to be like a supersized version of, uh, of textual healing. People needed to be healed. Not so much after it was over, but nevertheless... <laughs> We gotta give you on a Sunday morning. Step on up. Come to the three guys altar for some textual healing. I was beside myself, but I usually am. I'm just the, I sixty minute out of the moment. Ah, 60, you weren't sixty minute game. You weren't alone. Don't, don't feel bad on yourself. You you weren't alone. I, I know you 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 know you tamped me down last night. Three guys before the game, and textual <laughs> healing is brought to us by episode eight hundred Episode 800, where you can purchase three guys before the game apparel, three guys coffee, and our newest addition to our site, mudflaps. Unconfirmed. Three guys mudflaps. I think they're efforting to get that. Let's do this thing. All right, here we go. 
We had a contest uh, sponsored by the folks at Burdett Camping. You send us your pictures of three guys in a parking lot, and uh, you, you'll get an efforting, efforting shirt just like this one here. So we got this first picture here. It's called uh, Three Guys and a Stump <laughs> Before the Game. Excuse me? What's oh, on the stump? I'm old boys. What are they doing? Man, them old boys brought, uh, brought a stump with them. They got nails inside that stump, and they're doing something. What's oh. that? that one dude got a hammer in his head. What's, uh, that? Is that, well, what's going on there? What's going on over there? Is that like the, like Ren and Stimpy? You play with the log? I know where that is, too. That's across. Uh, that's the uh, that's the old United Bank building across. That's uh, I know where that is. There. What are they doing? There was no explanation provided? <laughs> it says three guys in a stump before the game, and it says XL, XL, medium. I don't know, but it works. I kind of dig it because it's so weird. Here's the next one. Three guys, I promise we'll do better next time. My shirt size is a large. Here's the next one. Three guys at a white table. (laughs) (laughs) Early season for the tailgaters as well. We got to work on this. uh, You know, the simplicity (laughs) is, uh, you know, is uh, interesting. (laughs) Texture. need some stuff on that table then. Yeah. They got that empty bottle, so they, they had to sit Empty down bottle and a bag of chips, isn't it? What they, what they got going <laughs> That's a hell of a tailgate you got going there, boys. Three guys. That's why no one else is around there. <laughs> Let's get everyone on the record. Would you trade next year's home game against Penn State for a home game against, say, East Carolina? And for the sake of this question, you can't say that you'd move the Penn State game to another year down the road. Finally, for what it's worth, West Virginia did get Texas removed from this year's schedule. Would I trade? Yes. <laughs> Senator? I'm sorry. What's that? He wants to know if you dump the Penn State game next year to play a team that uh, you should beat. Sure. Texter, I was driving home from Lowe's on uh, here in Roanoke, all due respect, listening to uh, Thursday's episode to get ready for the Duquesne game. I laughed out loud at Hoppy falling right into Tony's troll trap, saying that Brad should have talked down Tony's expectations around the food court. You can't make that easy on him, Hoppy. So he thinks you went too light on me about the uh, food court situation. I don't know what – I'm out of the loop on that, and it all seems very clandestine, and Tony – so I don't know what's going on with that. No idea. Brad – typical Brad fashion, he's gone silent – Tony, you've backed way <laughs> off like and from saying, oh, it's going to happen. Like, uh, so I have no idea where we are on that. Well, I'm going to tell you where we are. We'll tell you where we are. Okay. Barring a cataclysmic. Careful now. Impasse. Barring a cataclysmic impasse, the three guys food court will be open this week. Friday and Saturday. And rather, maybe. Why did, why did Brad say to me? I expect a, you might expect a call from an angry city official. Why did you say that to me? I don't know. I think the folks in the city have, um, they've been wonderful. Just terrific people uh, down there at corporate headquarters. They get everything passed through. I think that uh, the oh, green. So it's on? Excellent. Yeah. So rather Are you than, announcing that it's on? I said barring a cataclysmic unexpected impasse. Yes, I think we're good. We're in good position. Just have to get some, uh, have to get a letter or two finalized, maybe get a notary republic involved. <laughs> and uh, we're looking at, rather than calling it a food court, I think it's a nice speakeasy. It'll be a speakeasy. speakeasy. More of a speakeasy. It'll be located next to so Daniel's. It's illegal. 
No, no, no. Totally well, legal. That's why, would be. No, listen, that's why listen. it's taken so long. The We've reason gone, why gone through 19 different sources here to get this approved. The reason why it's taken so long is because we did it properly and right. We didn't do something and then ask for forgiveness like a lot of people operate. We did it. We were proactive and said, hey, here's what we want to do. And so all goes well. Our boy, Dave, RevKev, RevKev barbecue will be available. Might have a little sweet treat from the Greenbrier Dairy. Might have a pepperoni roll or two. Might have some Kirchevale. Oh, okay. We'll get you more details on Thursday's show, but right now that we're good to go Friday, Saturday over at the food court. Texter says, finally, going to be a good day. Signed by Periopolis Phil. Got himself a Kirchevale there. there. See that, Hoppy? Ah, at the ball game. Or- the cool, refreshing taste of Kirchevale mm-hmm. on game day. Yeah, Bill over at Chestnut Brew Works is, is rolling on that. We'll get good quantities heading into the pit game this weekend. New batch coming out. New batch coming out. Uh, texter. Saw Scott Road Truck, by the way. Oh, did you? Friday oh, night. Did not know you had your own beer. How is that possible? <laughs> Don't know. I mean, I know Scott. I, he's, I mean, don't, don't know. He's too busy walking up and down Law School Hill. That's how he trains. He goes up and down 10 oh, times. I know. He, he's in pretty good shape. Oh. He's, it looks like a, it's like a left tackle to me. Could be a guard. Guard? Could be a guard. Okay. Yeah. Texter, if Neil Brown's West Virginia football program was a stock, or in this case, an ETF, which is like a collection of stocks that you bought in 2019, you would not sell at this point. Almost every statistical category is improving year over year under Neil. A stock or an ETF is stronger when it climbs like a staircase. People want results sooner, but there is no indication that the football program is declining like people suggest, and here are some examples. So this person like went to the nth degree, so check this out. <laughs> so here we go. You can see these go back 10 years, 2013 through 2022. And obviously the gold is the number of fumbles lost by the Mountaineers. So this predates Neil. You can see where they were. You can see where they've gone. All right. That's interceptions. You could see where they were. And the COVID year, we only have three, but then 12-12 each of the last two years. Uh, Next one, please. The red zone percentage of points versus the red zone points allowed. And you could see that that also has drifted. Well, the green is red zone points percentage. That means you're scoring more in the red zone. Yeah. Yeah. And that means that if you take a look at it collectively, you are doing a better job in red zone points allowed. Uh, Okay. Here's this. Third down conversion percentage in the last 10 years. You could see that it has gone up here from 21, 22, but has not reached the peak of basically where it was. The high point was there. It was that 2017, 18? Well, yeah. What was yeah. going on in 2018? That's yeah. some pretty good skill. Wilbur Greer. Yeah. Sills, Jennings. Yeah. Okay, here, give me another one, Luke. Points per game. All right. You could see where it was, and you can see that like a staircase, it is climbing from where it was, inching up. Next one, touchdowns versus total plays. Touchdowns versus total plays. And you can see that correlated stat. 
So your touchdowns have gone 28, 28, is that 38, 44 versus your total number of plays. And this is your penalty yards per game over the last 10 seasons. And you could see that that has also significantly improved. So, so do with them what you want, but those are numbers that give a perspective as to where you are. Um, interesting analysis, Tony. You like you fool around in the stock market. Some what do they say about what do they say about stocks? Don't get emotional, right? Mm-hmm. Don't get emotional. Just go with the statistics. So this individual has gone with the statistics and made a very compelling argument. What do we know about sports? It's emotional, mm-hmm. <laughs> and. Whatever the stats are, you still need to, you need to win games. You need to you need to have an emotional response that says I feel good about where things are. So while those stats are relevant and important, there's another there's another element that that those stats aren't taking into account, and that is how people feel about what they see on the field and what the what the end results are. And that's why September looms as big as any month. In recent Mountaineer football history. No question. Jack from Charleston writes, with our current personnel, we ought to go back to the Rich Rod's spread offense. With our slew of running backs and a guy who can run like green, why are we trying to force what looks like a Dana Holgerson offense? Wideouts need major help. We'd like to see more of Rodney Gallagher at this point. I'm uh, not sure when Jack texted 60% run last night, even in a game when you were trying to work on getting the ball down the field, which was some of that last night. So they've been, they've been run heavy so far this year. Guys, I've bitten my tongue for a long time. Once they let Kerry Martin run off Vic Coning, our defense hasn't been good. Afraid to coach them hard? Question mark. I'm not a Jordan Leslie fan. Texter. I don't know about that. I mean, last year the defense struggled, but before that, the defense was was really good. It was strength of the team. I'm not sure that's accurate. I would tend to agree with you. Last year, no question, no arguments. They weren't good. But before that, good enough to win games. Also, just, you know, Brad, you were talking about this last night. I mean, I don't know how many times we can say this, but I mean, the loss of talent, the people who left the program, and, and that's, that's part of the overall um, status of the program. But, I mean, man. Lost a lot of talent to transfers. Yeah, retention retention is part of the game in today's college football world, and that's really hard. Guys leave for all kinds of different reasons, some that you would just shake your head at and say, what, they made the decision based on that? Others are doing it for money. So this this is a lot of things, guys. This You start to look across that defense in particular, and we've said this before, it, it's a defense that's been decimated by guys that have left. That, that line right now, should have Akeem Mesidor, Jordan Jefferson, and Sean Martin all along the front. How would you feel about that? Your defensive backs, Tyke Smith, honorable mention, or freshman All-American, should be in that defensive backfield, to say nothing of Daryl Porter Jr. You talk about Dre Sean Miller in the defensive backfield. Jackie Matthews, a lot of those guys didn't play as significantly as they would have played here. That's just the defensive side. Receiver-wise, we keep saying who's the number two receiver. Caden Prather left. Winston Wright goes to Florida State. Honorable mention, all Big 12. He was catching passes and returning kicks. He went to Florida State, played five plays the other night. So just just look at those names I just gave you. How different does that look? So this program has gotten the talent here, retention. And again, some of that that falls on the coaches. I, I totally get that. But some of it doesn't. 
right? Some of that falls on if, if the Country Roads Trust, quite frankly, is going to be the entity that's charged with bringing money in that goes to athletes, and we're in a world where the paying of the athletes matters. You can say all you want, pay for play doesn't exist. It, shouldn't. Mm-hmm. it does. And if that's part of it, then that's going to be an area that moving forward, I think you need to see, all right, what, what's the trust have available to it? Should it be providing more funds to help keep players? So retention anymore isn't just about program. It's about other forces and paying them is one of them. Yeah, it is. And one of the difficulties, I think, for fans or for sports uh, writers covering the team, Brad, is that when it was just about recruiting, then you could keep track of that. You could keep track of that. Who are they on? What school was this individual interested in? And it was a, a lot of it was known. But now with paying players with NIL, you, you, you don't have no idea. You have, no, you have no idea how much money is available, how much they can pay people, how much they don't pay people. And that creates, that is an unknown that creates anxiety. Like, why is this person leaving? Well, and the, the answer could be very simple. This school was going to pay him $800,000. We couldn't afford to pay him $800,000. But you don't know that. You yeah, don't know that. We don't, we don't know that. And maybe at some point that becomes public information. Once it comes back inside the schools, I think that becomes information you'll see. I certainly hope Neil Brown knows that. I, I certainly hope he's got a line of com- communication. And if he says, I need $300,000 for this player, that better be made available. That's what schools are doing all across the country. They're working with those trusts. If that's the way you've got to go through it now, and I've said many times, it's a really bizarre relationship across the country. It's a model that doesn't seem sustainable. But if that's what it's going to be, then the football office better be able to pick up the phone and call the entity and say, I need this, I need this, I need this. The challenge is, and you've seen this happen in basketball, and credit Bob Huggins for that, for the personal efforts he made to go out and get dollars to bring players in. There's a reason that basketball roster looks like it does. Football's a lot harder, I get it, because you can't just go get two guys and say, hey, we had a great recruiting class. You need volume as well, but that's part of this. This isn't just simply, let's go to the recruiting rankings and see where it ranks. There's another entity that's having to work in lockstep with your sports programs to get and retain players. And that, as you look at the Neil Brown era in totality, that's what you see. You see guys and talent. They have done a good job identifying talent and getting them here. The next evolution is find ways to keep them. And they're working on that internally. The next part, you better friggin' have the dollars to retain these great players. Or it doesn't matter if it's Neil Brown, if it's Rich Rodriguez, if it's Vince Lombardi. You better have the ability to retain your guys. And some of that is just, quite frankly, dollars. Hobby. Right, Brad, if you, you're exactly right. If, you, if you're, let's say that you're firing Neil Brown, you're hiring another coach, and you're interviewing the coach and the agent, what are they going to ask? Well, the agent comes in and question number one is says, let me see what's available in your collective. Right. I need to know what my budget, what my salary cap is to go get players. And it better be a significant number. So that's what I'm saying. It do, Take Neil Brown out of the equation. It doesn't matter. Take Josh Eilert out of the basketball equation. It doesn't matter the names in charge of those programs. Whoever is in those seats needs to know what is available. That has to be an easy conversation at the ready. And it has to be significant dollars if you want to play in this world. Until those rules are changed if it is going to be pay for play which it clearly is you better have the dollars and is it going to be and it's going to be a major determining factor if you're trying to recruit a particular coach and the and the coach looks at the numbers and goes eh, yeah that's not, I'm I'm not sure that. win with that yeah so right. that's that's just a factor moving forward and again i i don't know those numbers i haven't seen those numbers to my knowledge those numbers aren't public they won't be made public but that's a factor in this it just simply is 
There's a frightening story that came out last week by Ross Dellinger, sportsillustrated.com, oh. si.com, about SMU. And <laughs> yes. what were the workings behind the scenes to get them into the ACC? And when you read it, you, your mouth might go agape because they're just at a different level. Let's face it, SMU's always been at a different level. They were the program that was given the death penalty, which literally set them back 30 years. Well, when it comes to dollars, and we're sitting here talking about hundreds of thousands and millions, they have a group of billionaires, billionaires, that just said, this is what we're going to do. I mean, they make it frightening um, for the capability that they have frightening well, they do and we were talking about that last night and brad was relating that story i mean the reality is west virginia and i i don't know how many alums from west virginia are billionaires you can probably count them on one hand probably probably count them on one hand west virginia is a small state the the budget and, and i know that the budget for the, the the state money doesn't go in the athletic department but just to give you context the budget for the entire state of west virginia is about 4.7 billion dollars brad how much money do the smu alums have well the 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 story that Ross wrote referred to the group they got together. They had 11 billionaires in the room that were all invested in putting money towards them getting into a power five. Yeah. So, so a hundred million dollars in West Virginia. Well, in, I'm sorry, real quick, the quote from their board of trustees member who manages a private equity fund with 37 billion under management, when they presented to the ACC, commissioner Jim Phillips reportedly said back to them, that, that's great that you're going to forego those media dollars. That's that's tremendous. That makes a lot of sense. That's a compelling case on your behalf for us to go to the rest of the members of our league. But how will you compete? How will you compete Without if, you're, money. if you're passing on 200 or 300 million dollars? How are you going to compete? And the gentleman said, Hoppy, he said, reportedly, quote, well, it's just a couple hundred million dollars. I'm not worried about that. <laughs> Oh, big boy money. Yeah, big on. boy money. That's, yeah, so that's, anyway, that, that we we know that's the game. We've discussed that's the game. Everybody gets that's the game. Quite frankly, that's why Jesse Edwards is here. <laughs> Jesse Edwards looked at West Virginia, Gonzaga, and Kansas. Where did he go, Tony? I came to West Virginia. Yeah, how many course. years have you beaten out Kansas and Gonzaga for a recruit? Haven't done that. Okay, now you did. Yeah. So dollars. Well. You got to have the dollars too. But 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 that's basketball it, where you can make an investment one or two, and football is yeah, just correct. Right, but you, you got to figure payroll. it out. And listen, that's not the only factor. No, you, but, there, there's a million other things that go into this. But point the overall point there is this staff has gotten guys here. Now you have to go to the next step of making sure those guys that are that are really talented and can help you stay. And that's a two-pronged approach. It's the dollars that are coming in that you're going to get them, and it's what the staff would normally do and has done for, for 50 years internally with the program. Premier pontoon boat dealer in the state of West Virginia happens to be Lou Wendell Marine Sales. They've been in business, a family-owned business, for over 40 years. They're located in St. Albans, and as I said, the premier number one pontoon boat dealer in the state. If it got if it if it gots to do if it has to do with a pontoon, then Lou Wendell Marine Sales is where you need to be. Check them out at Lou Wendell Marine Sales, the single largest dealer in the state of West Virginia. Visit them at LouWendellMarineSales.com. LouWendellMarineSales.com, located in St. Albans. And they have the fun job day in and day out of selling family fun. Texter, hello, is it just me or does Garrett Green seem to run the ball best when it happens organically versus a predetermined 
run or in his RPO decision. It feels like he's a more decisive runner in situations where he's flushed out and steps up and runs. Love the show, Greg in Pittsburgh. I think there's a little bit to that. I think there's a little bit to that because obviously when he just takes off, the defense doesn't look at it as a designed running play, right? So if they're looking at a formation, they say, okay, they'll run the RPO out of this. We've got to watch the quarterback. But when it is just he leaves the pocket and goes, then it's it's on. So, yeah, he probably does look more in control when that happens. You know what he gives you, too? He gives you north-south. Oh, yeah, he got great speed. Got great speed. Statistically, it's about even. He's averaging about 10 yards a carry either way, designed or otherwise. Texter, what is the criteria to be an Iron Mountaineer? Hmm. So those are honors that are given each spring to uh, Mountaineer players based upon their condition. Let me think what it is. Hmm. Let me see the best way I could say what it is. Hmm. I think the winners are the best in the testing at the conclusion of winter conditioning, measuring the broad jump, vertical jump, bench squat, power clean lift, 225 bench, 40-yard sprint, pro shuttle, three-cone, 60-yard shuttle, and the 10- and 20-yard sprint. The winners are selected from three different groups. Top performers in each category selected by their teammates. Off the top of my head, I think that's I, what I, it is. You know, I'm glad you had that memorized. Well yeah. done. Thank you. <laughs> Texter. The distinctive award, by the way, is a 6.2-pound coal statue made entirely of native West Virginia natural resources. Coal, wood, and, of course, natural wood stain. There you go. Um, texter. Post-game text from T-Dub. In Barbersville. First, we got to catch the ball both sides. Defensive front and backers were beasts all game. Leadership and passion of starting quarterback is what West Virginia has lacked for years. Nico can do it all. Play calling was good. Keep feeding Cole Taylor. Lots of Brad's preseason over-unders broke tonight. I think Brad set the over-under at four and a half players with rushing touchdowns this season. And as of right now, we have five. C.J. Donaldson, Garrett Green, Jalen Anderson, Nico Markiel, and D.J. Oliver. Am there's I missing six. anyone? Yeah, there's six. Jaheim White. The texter goes on to finish this text by saying, pretty sure Scopes hammered the over. Good number by Brad, though. The number won't change much the rest of this year. Mm-hmm. Maybe Gallagher. Yeah. Yeah, maybe a receiver. But the, the interesting one there is the D.J., Right. That's the one that takes it from we as we talked when that number came out, it was a really it seemed a really low number mm-hmm. and the over was the obvious choice. But the high end beyond that wasn't very high. The average has been five and a half over the last decade or so. So it's right above that. Texter. Hello, my name is Heather Parsons and my husband and I are huge fans of your show. This September 26th will mark three years of us being married. And I know it would be the coolest gift ever if you all could give Anthony Parsons from Pinch a shout-out. We love going to the games. I'm so excited for him to get his coffee and shirt from your website. Hmm. (laughs) If you guys could send him a message, that'd be an awesome anniversary gift. You guys are awesome. Thanks for all you're doing, what you're doing, what you're doing, what you're doing. So, on behalf of three guys before the game on this Sunday morning, we would like... To congratulate Anthony Parsons from Pinch on his 
anniversary with his lovely wife, Heather. And we certainly hope that you enjoy your coffee and your apparel from episode800.com, which is making its way onto a lot of uh, wedding registries. <laughs> a lot of people are starting to include that in their in their gift buying. So we encourage you. So uh, Heather, Anthony, great name. Um, there you go. Congratulations, guys. Thank you very much for listening. Texter. Guys, the good. A hundred more rushing yards than your opponent is always a good stat. I don't care who you're playing. And Hudson Clement was a stud. Great tune-up before the official start of the season. The bad. The booth reviews. They're absurd. They happen too often. They disrupt flow of game. They drag out the game way too long. Why can't each team get one challenge per half, and if it goes against you, you lose a timeout? And then everything can be booth reviewed in the last two minutes. I like that. How they looked at that Jaheim White run and said it was not a touchdown. I mean, West Virginia still scored, but come on. Texter. Oh, so he did a good, bad, and the ugly. Here's his ugly. ESPN Plus is hot garbage. All due respect. My complaints <laughs> are too many for textual healing, but I swear they must have interns producing the telecast. I don't understand how a multi-billion dollar company who does many things so well produces such a terrible product. I'm looking forward to being in Morgantown next week. Let's go. Matt in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I think that I think that tees up Brad for a response. No. Nah. <laughs> he gets Tony every week. It worked week. last night. It, 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 it did. Worked. It was on. I could get it on. What's this, what happens? With well, that? but every week that West Virginia's on ESPN, we have four televisions in our studio. Brad starts about Wednesday getting tight. On <laughs> whether <laughs> we can get to the game. And then it's like when it's time for the game, he gets real tight. Says, "Okay, boys, this is a, this is a key moment right now. Are we going to watch thirteen volleyball matches yesterday just to get the thing loosened up to make sure it was on? Got it loosened up. Got in there at eight thirty. Watch Radford volleyball, followed by Holy Cross. You did have that up there. I was like, what do we have volleyball? And Brad's like, don't don't touch it. Followed by Rollins. Followed by Rollins College in Florida volleyball. Don't anybody look at it. Don't talk about it's it. It's like, on. It's not like, working. Don't touch the antenna. Don't Get mention it. it. Worked fine. Three guys before the game brought to us by our fine folks at GoMart. And uh, we had the first Mountaineer man trip with folks from GoMart, the winners. How uh, was it? During, uh, looked, looked like it was a good looked like it was a good man trip. Get your GoMart, GoMart rewards card. And once you do have that, then you'll save money every time you get gas and food items there at GoMart. All you have to do is go to the website, gomart.com. That's gomart.com. I have a sneaking feeling that they're going to do something special around Halloween. Oh. You know, the whole Reese Cup thing. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. Are you foreshadowing? Mm-hmm. Okay. Texter. Big ben, shipment of Reese's pumpkins in here. <laughs> Texter, Ben from Youngstown. The drawback of your new Sunday schedule is that it encourages more in-game texting, and those people are often irrational and emotional. Trust me, I would know as someone that sent an embarrassing text during the Baylor game in 2021. With that said, I fought the urge to send a text during the rain delay last night, and I'm glad that I did. The Mountaineers took care of business after the delay. As for the pre-delay play, I'm not going to overanalyze the Dukes hanging around for 22 to 23 minutes. There have been numerous games this year where FCS teams have hung up and around top 15 teams for a quarter or two. My only concern is that the secondary might not be very good. 
Texter, good Sunday morning, three guys. What an experience. You three are absolute pros in having to deal with a fan base that largely only has negative things to say and that honestly couldn't manage a dollar general with all due respect to dollar general. One big thing people have opined on is that Neil only works with his buddies. But honestly, I like that. A guy is going to fail or succeed with his guys. It's a quality that we don't see in almost any aspect of life anymore. Sorry, Tony, for the long text. I thought this was a steam release for a second. Signed by Evan in St. Albans. You know, we were talking about this yesterday, uh, Brad and I were, and that is, and this is not to let any coach off the hook, but there is a direct correlation, causation, if you will, of coaches being great coaches, having great players. <laughs> yesterday, we're watching the Baylor game. Oh, boy. And Baylor not doing so well this morning. Tony, as you might not have seen, they lost again. They lost, yeah, they, they dropped their first two outings. Yeah. And, you know, Dave Aranda is generally thought to be a very a very good coach. And Baylor has the ball. The game is tied. Baylor has the ball uh, deep in their own territory. Time is winding down. And third and on, 16. Third and 16, and the quarterback throws an interception. Inexplicably. Right. This threw it over the middle, threw it right to the other guy. You know, which – Brad, as you talked about, Dave Aranda didn't coach that guy to throw that pass, but he did, and Baylor ended up losing the game. Yeah. So, again, not to let coaches off the hook, but they're, it's not just always coaching. It's what players do when they're on the field. Mm. So I imagine Dave Aranda, but people are probably on his ass this morning. Yeah. Probably Check. took his coach of the year trophy back. They have to give that back? Yes. No, no. I keep that. You do? You keep it. Texter. Or one, too. Mm-hmm. Huh. We don't see him till the last game of the year. Be a long time before we see that. Texter, greetings, gentlemen. After watching the game against Duquesne, I am thoroughly convinced we are in trouble on defense. We had several deep passes get past our deepest defensive back, and one interception was thanks to a lame duck that allowed the defensive back to get back in time for the catch. We cannot continue playing 10 yards off of everyone and letting them get open for the rest of the season. The coaching staff has to change something to get themselves and give themselves a shot at not getting fired midseason. That said, it's game week for Pitt, so eat blank Pitt. First time texter, I love the show. Matt from Charlotte, North Carolina. Well, again, to quote, quote Neil Brown, got to be better. Guys are going to have to guard. They're, they're just going ha- to have to guard. And if they can't, then that's going to be a problem. Yeah, and you saw a play earlier earlier that just got your head in the wrong place. You were looking in at the ball. You lost total track of where the receiver is, and he got by you. That just that stuff can't happen again. You're not you're not coached to stare at the quarterback the whole time. There, you got to run with your guy. You can't lose track of your guy. So that yes, defensive backs have to get better. That's that's the clear. You know, there's much positive here. The the one thing you're still most concerned about, I think, through two games, and Neil Neil Brown expressed it. The defensive backs are the are the clear concern through two games. Yes. Texter, holy Clement, never heard of him, but I think we'll keep him. Brad, what's his yards per route? Well, we just said that. Seven, right? Thank you for asking. Anyway, glad to see he was offered a scholarship. Glad we came out of the delay on a mission. Let's go Mountaineers, signed by Justin and Parsons. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Justin. Texter, hello, TC, Brad, and Hop. Matt from Morgantown here. I wanted to share a picture of myself and my family at my daughter's first Mountaineer game. Good one. There you go. The first picture is a good one of the family, and the second one is after – my son broke the news that Pitt 
was coming to town this weekend. So you see the little one, <laughs> little one there on the left heard that Pitt was coming to town. Look, look at brother. He's like, what are you doing? Yeah. And, uh, Why are you crying? And the young man, he got, he's using full effect of that brim on that hat, isn't he? I mean, he's getting no sun. That's a great picture. That is, is. awesome. <laughs> She's going to love that at her wedding. <laughs> when you bring that one out on oh, wedding those day. Those are good. Yeah. So uh, off we went. That's before the rain, obviously. Let's that take be, a, Actually, that, that lovely child on the left would be if West Virginia lost next week. Yeah, or lost yesterday against Duquesne. That would be the same response. What do you say we do a little uh, perusal of the 14-team Big 12 Conference and the results from the weekend? Sure. The Texas Longhorns, an outgoing member, obviously with a big, huge victory. Quinn Ewers, 349 passing yards and three touchdowns. Tony, I watched that second half of that game. Quinn Ewers looked really good. Uh, Alabama didn't look offensively, didn't look like Alabama normally looks, but that, that looks like a pretty good Texas team. Brad, is Texas back? There will be four billion Texas's back mentions this week. Thank you. Over under. Texas over wins it. <laughs> you guys mentioned the Baylor result, Utah in a Big Twelve and they're boy, that's an early league game, isn't it? Utah Baylor playing so early in well, the Well, just like Texas and Alabama squaring off early league game. Early SEC yeah. game, early Big Twelve game. So Oregon. That hold on real real quick on the on that Baylor loss again, guys. That's that's a gut punch horrific throw up loss. They gave up two touchdowns in the final four minutes there to lose that game, including that inexplicable pass turnover. That's that's a bad one. They can't be happy in Waco with the and, way and, that and, has gone. The and, the loss to Texas State in their coach's first game as a head coach, and then to turn around and have Utah come in on the road, you get them at home in four hundred degree heat, and you just give the game away at the end. They've got to be beside themselves. Utah had. Uh, had a bunch of yards in the fourth quarter. Baylor had zilch yards in the fourth quarter. Yeah, now Blake Shape and their starter was out. We referenced yeah, right, that backup right. quarterback was in, but man, that's a bad loss. Speaking of bad loss to a good team. Let me rephrase. Utah's very good. Yeah, Utah's that's a very a good team, team they well lost coached. to. That's a bad loss because you had the win. Tony, there was interesting play in that because Utah was driving to score as time was winding down and they were inside the five and Baylor wanted to let them score, you know, to because right. they figured they were going to score and have some more right. time remaining. So the running back for Utah goes to the line, and everybody kind of goes in slow motion. And the Utah running back started running parallel to the goal line until he finally went in just to burn a few seconds. Sure, absolutely. Can you hold up your hanky that's on your lap? Spinning around. That's not, Hey, Brad, how about yeah. that one there? That's good. Hoppy later today will be taking the C&O Railroad uh, over to Cumberland. <laughs> With his train hanky. Yeah. So you got a hanky carrying around a hanky there? You well, also, also, we've talked about it before. So on you, the show. Use, you, use a, you use a cloth hanky all the time? Yeah. I never knew that. Well, it, okay. I Look, I went to Africa and I bought two of these. Oh, you bought that in Africa? Well, it's a souvenir. No, no, no. I didn't buy them in Africa. I bought them before I went because I thought, you know, I'll tie it around my neck. You know, to keep bugs off and wipe my face and whatever. And then this morning before I came in here... I noticed this was the only clean handkerchief I had. Is so this I, true that handkerchief? Is this is this true that start, actually? Uh, hold on one second. Just to, sometimes we do programming and production notes on air uh, for the production team. Please get a three guys hanky up at episode eight hundred dot com. Hoppy hanky, a hoppy hanky. So let me. Is this true, Hoppy? And this is West Virginia here. Is it true that what you just did by placing that on the back of your neck? That has how the term redneck 
was developed and it was a it showed who was a union and who was a non-union coal miner. I don't miner. know that. I believe I've heard that story. Oh, really? Yeah. That's that's okay. how the term came about. We have to look at I always it. thought it was like somebody that it was a generalization about people from the south who had who worked outside and had sun on their necks so their necks were red but I don't know. I'll Someone do, told me it was it was something to do with I'll that. I'll double check. Anyway, yeah. Um you don't have you a, don't see hankies a lot anymore. No, no, unless you, you're 88. Yeah, that. And sometimes we've talked about this on the show. I would assume he's got one of those rubber coin. Oh, he does. Keeps all of his change in there. Where you kind of push the edges and it puckers and then you can drop your pennies in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you have to ask the clerk, How, was it 16? Yeah, 16. I hold, on, a, oh, hold on. I got the 16 for yeah. you right here is how you do that. I, I give you Instead one of, of these. Instead of pulling out your five. Yeah. Right? I give hold you on. One. I'll give you 16. I give you one of these, one of these, and then slide it. There you go. Rubber uh, coin purse. Is that what that would be called oh. there? Right? It's they certainly, pucker. You know what I'm talking about, right? 100%. They have the big the slit down the middle. Yes. You push the sides. Dude. Certainly, it's certainly warm in here. <laughs> I, believe I've, I believe I'm getting faint. <laughs> Speaking of bad endings to games. How about Oregon scoring 20 in the fourth quarter against Ouch. Texas Tech? It, it, Red Raiders are rolling, too. They, they're reeling as well. So you're, you're going to get a focused, I would think, Red Raider team in here. That was one, guys, we talked about them. They were picked fourth in the preseason poll, had a 7.5 over-under win total. And we talked about how that group is so bunched up. There's Texas Tech with a lot of veterans, a lot of starters returning. Tyler Shuck, the starter back, playing against his old team last night in Oregon. To drop that game at home at night when you thought you had them, they can't be happy in Lubbock either. Kansas State cruises to a victory over Troy, 42-13. The Oklahomas beat the SMUs 28-11 in an odd score. What was the line on that game, Senator? A uh, couple touchdowns, Okay, Oklahoma. The BYUs beat Southern Utah to go to 2-0 on the season, 41-16. Iowa did not get the 25 points that they needed. Did not. Oh, they beat <laughs> Iowa State, though, 20-13. What do you think is going on at Iowa State? Don't have the well. The quarterback is just just working. I mean, they've just they're young. Rocco's young at the quarterback position. They lost those guys lot to the gambling investigation. A starting offensive lineman. What was their starting quarterback? A running back in that program. So they're uh, they they were in a rebuild anyway. You know, they had ramped up there with that Fiesta Bowl team and then lost a ton of guys. So they're they're in rebuild mode. And you know, Iowa State's not one of those programs that can just reload in one year. It takes them some time. There were a lot of cutaway shots to uh, one Anthony. Uh, yeah, Price. Anthony, Anthony got a ton of air. So he and his wife, yeah. yeah. Clarksburg native, his wife, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and Yeah. 27-21, Cincinnati goes to Pittsburgh and beats the Panthers. They were up 20-7 to at one point. Then went up 27-7. to Panthers score 14 points in the fourth quarter, but Cincinnati... Wins at 27-21. Just some really super base numbers. Cincinnati ran the ball mm-hmm. for 216 yards, five yards per carry. Correct. And Pitt ran the ball for 83 yards, just 2.9 yards per carry. Pitt's quarterback, the transfer from Boston College, Phil Jerkovec, threw 10 of 32. So not a good number. And three touchdown passes, however, among his 10 completions. So that sets the table for this week. Can I state the obvious, which is what I'm pretty good at? 
you have to get this win. I know we'll talk about it later in the week. I mean, you mu- this Brad, it's massive. Must it, win. It, it's it's must about win. as close to a must win as you can get in the regular season. Super important. Are there wins after this on their schedule? Yes. This sets you up and starts to give you a little momentum going to what's going to be a very competitive and up and down Big Twelve season. You, yeah, this is this is massive. Yeah. This is massive, and and we're going to start. If you want an early matchup, it's it's there. I talked yeah, about it early in the show. Tony just said your ability to run the ball against a pit defense that just gave up a bunch of rushing yards. That's one. Then number two, can you control their running game? That's what Frank Signetti Jr. wants to do. He wants to utilize then that play action with Phil Jerkovic. You've got to stop the run and you've got to run. Mm-hmm. Stop me if you've heard that before. It's uh, base football. Pretty wild score where UCF went up to Boise and the. Uh, the UCFers, Golden Knights, went 18-16 with four field goals and one touchdown. Here's one for you. It's a nice win for them. That's a difficult road trip there. Sure That's is. a good win for it's the Knights. It's hard to get up there, yeah. Uh, former Mountaineer quarterback JT Daniels yeah. throws, throws for 401 yards, three touchdown passes, and in double overtime, the Rice Owls hang on to beat Houston 43-41. At one time, Rice was up 28-7. to Houston outscored the Rices 21-0 in the fourth quarter, sending the game to overtime. Tony Mathis, former Mountaineer running back for the Cougars, led them with 60 yards on eight carries. It's a bad loss for the Cougs. Bad, bad loss. They're not. They're not happy there either. Coming off that underachieving, disappointing season last year, when they had all that skill, talent at mm-hmm. Houston, just didn't win enough games. Their defense really struggled last year. Struggled again. JT Dan's happy for him to see him bounce back, continuing yeah. to play, put up numbers. That's a that's a cross city game. Yes. They do not want to lose that game. They barely Houston barely squeaked by in their first game. They are off to a really rough start down there in Houston. Well, they got a dandy coming up next week. They got the Horn Frogs of TCU. Now things get really interesting because now that Houston's in the Big 12, now they're going to start to play some of the schools that never wanted them in the Big 12. And TCU is one of them. Mm-hmm. Like TCUs are, they're like, we don't want to, no, no, no. Those no, are no, two no. teams to struggling to figure out what they are, right? TCU is a totally different team than what it was last year. It's trying to get its identity. And Houston, obviously, now desperate for a win. Lastly, TCU wins 41-6 over Nichols. And lastly, this was a hard road trip as well in a classic Big 12 matchup. This is the kind of game that is the tradition-filled, rich history of the Big 12 league game between Arizona State and Oklahoma State. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And uh, it was a late starter, and the Oklahoma Staters went at 27-15. to final score that was a late start i think that was 9 30 central time when that kicked off if i'm not mistaken <laughs> i tried to stay up for parts of it i couldn't i couldn't oklahoma state's weird you, you talk about that good win for them i mean arizona state's obviously a, a, a just mess with what herm edwards left that program in total disarray they self-imposed a bowl ban this year so those those players this year trying to fight through getting that hammer dropped on them right before the season opened they're in a really tough spot oklahoma state weirdness though that both of their in each of their first two games, they've played three quarterbacks in the game. Like, in close games. It's, I'm not talking blowouts, and they've brought other guys in. They are playing three quarterbacks in what has been two competitive games for them. You know what they say? What? If you have three quarterbacks... You, you have none. You have none. So that'll... And I think that's where Mike Gundy is. He's, tra- yeah. he's hoping somebody emerges there and takes the job. One of them is his son, but they're they're clearly searching for a, a starter to take over there. Well, despite all that, they still got the W, so that's good because that's a little bit of a shot out there. 
not quite as far as a shot's going to be when you go from Bridgeport into Phoenix uh, for your league for your league matchup. But <laughs> nevertheless, it's a shot. Okay. But so, I'm also I'm just thrilled for Oklahoma State because if they had checked the Big 12 graphic that came out this week, the game time did say 9:30 on Central Time there. So I'm just proud they got to the stadium in good shape. They knew what time it was. They had their clocks adjusted. So stupid. So stupid. Because that's um. You know, the Big 12 graphic had West Virginia kicking off yesterday at 5 p.m. No, it if didn't. You, yeah, if you just read their graphic. Now they do have a nice little asterisk at the bottom that says All Time Central Time for you. Tell you what they can do with that asterisk. <laughs> two teams from the eastern time zone playing a game in the eastern time zone and they send the official graphic out that says central time as the list it's just, it's maddening it's it is maddening i just hope I one of these days just one of these days you know commissioner comes in to watch a game and they like maybe bring him into the booth hey brett's here hey commissioner how you doing i swear <laughs> to god swear to god before i say hello i'm gonna say hey, we got a problem that needs to be fixed oh commissioner nice to meet you I've met him. I've met him. But I've never brought it up yet. Should have. He's an East Coast guy. I think what you what you could say is Tony is good to see you. Actually, we had the interview scheduled an hour ago, <laughs> or an hour for ne- or next hour, whatever it is, with Central Time. Freaking embarrassment. Three guys before the game is brought to us by the Burdett Camping Center, the only warranty forever RV dealer in all of West Virginia. Don't forget their liquidation sale. Thursday, Friday, Saturday of this week, all the 2022s and all their 2023s are being liquidated. Go to the website, BurdettCamping.com, to get all these specific details. Three guys brought to us by Comax Business Systems, keeping West Virginia's business data safe, secure, and efficient for 25 years. If you're a business owner and it comes to business equipment and your networking, your IT, give them a try. Great people. It's Comax Business Systems. Three guys brought to us by Lou Wendell Marine Sales, located in St. Albans. Selling your family fun is what they'll do. Premier pontoon boat dealer in the state of West Virginia. Visit LouWendellMarineSales.com. By GoMart. Go for good times. Go for GoMart. And statistical information provided by the Conley CPA Group, providing value beyond the numbers of the Conley CPA Group. You doing anything special for today, Hoppy? Oh, cooking anything? I'm worn anything out. Anything cooking? A Sunday cooking? <sighs> worn out. Okay. okay. We're back Thursday. We'll preview the Mountaineers and the Panthers in the backyard brawl. And I don't think you overstated the significance of the game. Fun week coming here. Huge week. This is fun. what it's all about, man. Yes. This is college football. Yes. Have great fun. Right? Emotions. Yes. Rivalries. All right. Special thanks to Lucky Luke Rousey. How about him this weekend? Oh, yeah, he's a player. Hit every single one of his wagers. He's now, this unbelievable, he's 32-0 and 0 on the season. With Rousey, the spread. He's a better? Is he a better? Oh. Uh, he'll lay 50 cents down quicker than you can say hoppy. <laughs> I like the way he bets. He's a 50-cent dollar guy. That's just kind of like penny poker, that kind of stuff. How did you do yesterday, Brad? Uh, treaded water on wins and losses, but I had a couple of my bigger wagers came through so it was good okay all right we be done thanks so much for being with us (laughs) episode800.com hey and visit us if you're coming to the game at the food court the food court next to daniel we talk more about that on thursday yes we will we be gone see you continued effort